Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. Really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It's Robin here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm celebrating my 150th episode. And I just want to thank you for being on this journey with me for 150 shows. And I am so excited to celebrate this milestone and tell you that I'm not even close to done yet. And I have so much more in store for you. So many great topics and so many great guests. And please know that I am here to support you in other ways as well. I would love to invite you to download my workbook all on how to turn no into cooperation. This workbook, this guide will really help you to understand why your kids act the way they do and what to do when your child says no. You can go to triggerfreeparents.com to download that today absolutely free. So please do that because I want to help you get more cooperation and enjoy your kids more. Now to celebrate this 150th episode, I have one of the most amazing guests that I have had the honor of speaking to, and that is Canadian icon, Fred Penner. He is an extraordinary talent and human. And let me tell you a little bit about him if you don't already know how wonderful he already is. Now, he's the first children's entertainer to headline the Los Angeles Amphitheater. He is a four-time recipient of the Parents' Choice Award and the man the Los Angeles parent called the Canadian Minister of Positivity. Very true. <laughs> he uses his broad talents to speak to the family unit and express his feelings about where the world is going and what children are learning. He's also a devoted father of four, and the lessons that he's learned through the challenges and rewards of parenthood are translated into all that he does. Fred is a two-time Juno Award winner for Best Children's Album and an eight-time nominee for his body of work, which is all about energy and emotional connection. If you don't know what a Juno is, it is equivalent to a Grammy. Pretty exciting. Now, Fred Penner's Place, a show that I watched as a kid, is a hit t CBC TV show that ran for 12 seasons, over 900 episodes. And Fred still actually gets fan mail to this day from people like me who watched his show and also his 55 million fans from the United States where his show ran for four years on Nickelodeon's Nick Jr. He also has honorary doctorates and is a prestigious member of the Order of Canada, which is how Canada honors people who make extraordinary contributions to our nation. So you know he is a very special man. Fred is always building on the common theme that is rooted in integrity and the belief in what I can do. He has created lasting impact that crosses the generations and continues to grow. 
So I am just beside myself with excitement that you are here, Fred. Thank you so much for being here. And on my 150th episode too, like I'm just, I'm just overjoyed. <laughs> 150. All right. Good for you. That's, good. Right. that's, that's a commitment. I, I, uh, I applaud that for you, but it's a pleasure to be here, Robin. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's three years in the making and there will be 150 more. In fact, actually, I was just recognized by Podcast Magazine as one of the top Ooh. 50 moms in podcasting. Um, so I made it number 13. So, uh, so that's great. And lucky 13 is good for both of us. Because Absolutely. you have your 13th album coming out, which oh. is called Hear the Music. Nice, uh, nice little crossover there. Yeah, <laughs> the, the album was done actually in 20, 2017, 2018. So okay. it's, been out, it's been out for a bit. It won, it won multiple awards across Canada. It won the Western Canadian uh, children's album. It won the uh, Canadian folk music album and it won the Juno uh, for 20 I guess 2018 well, so it, uh, it, it received some beautiful beautiful comments it was a very interesting project to to be involved involved with and it, and it brought in as as I'm sure you know many uh, iconic Canadian entertainers joined me on that from uh, um, good lovelies Ron Sexsmith Alex Cuba um Afi from Bahamas. Mm. I mean, just just a really a very exciting uh, cross section of, uh, of of oh Tara Lightfoot as well, if you mm. know her. Anyway, yes. it was a it was a very interesting project and collaborative kind of work, and and I I uh, I felt I felt particularly good about this one because it started getting uh, a little a little bit deeper for me. I, I've always mm. tried to prod prod thoughts and prod emotions from the music mm -hmm. that I've uh, that I've sung over the years but th this one got into things like like courage and humility and mm -hmm. you know values that I I treasure and yeah. try to pass on to my well to my my children and 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 the audience well and you must be doing something right because your kids are also singing on the album with you are they backup singers they they are the backup singers yeah my my son and I uh, I have one son and three three daughters. My son is the eldest, and and the two of us uh, actually did a duet singing on the um, stumble song. Okay. So, yeah. So they, there's 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 a tune that the two of us sang sang together, and it was just such a delight to you know to to hear hear my son's voice to hear all of the kids my, my girls when, when they sing they blend so beautifully I mean that's that's not uncommon for siblings mm. to you know to sound mm. to have that special kind of connection because they have the emotional connection as mm. siblings and when they transfer that to you know to uh, to actually being uh, singing together it, it takes on a different dimension but it was a uh, Wonderful project that I encourage your listeners to track it down, hear the music. Uh, I love it. I love it. I've been listening to your music all morning. <laughs> it's been so great. Well, I, so much fun. And, and I, I want to say too, that, you know, just having your kids on your album, the fact that they want to be with you, you know, this is really the, the whole point of the work that I do is that when we parent our kids in a really intentional way where we honor their feelings, you know, you just mentioned some emotions and some, uh, some traits, some ways of being and living that are important to you. And I think when we, when we impart that to our children, you know, I, the whole point is that we want our kids to be with us, not just for those 18 years until they go to college, but forever, we want to have strong relationships with them forever. So when we, the way we parent today, for those of us who have younger kids, my kids are teenagers, they, everything you do today ensures that future. And isn't that such a beautiful reward to be able to be with your adult children? Uh, it, it is a delight to be with them. Uh, I, I don't know if, if any, anything that we do ensures where they're going to go. Mm, okay. That, that's 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 part of the the challenge is mm. uh, my my mother uh, who passed about fifteen years ago at ninety two. One of the lessons that she passed on to me was, and we've already touched on it a bit, is your children are 
are yours basically for 18 years mm. and then you have to let them go and make yeah. make their own path make their own mistakes make whatever it doesn't mean you you do not unconditionally love them forever mm-hmm. but 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 you do have to step back and and let them find their autonomy and let let them mm-hmm. find their their journey and and if and when they need to come back for 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 some kind of support then you're you are there you know mm-hmm. as, as best you know as best as you can possibly be my my young my eldest daughter uh Haley who's who's been beating to her own drum right from the beginning mm-hmm. and she's the only one who really pursued the music career in in her life she's been living in los angeles for 10 years she's doing amazing amazing things she wrote a book uh two years ago called the people you follow which uh sort of Mm. highlight her experiences in la and and a lot of the abusive things she went through so it's very Mm. much a a tell-all kind of kind of book but but Haley, right from the beginning just I'm she's trucking I've got I've got to go I've got to figure out where my life is going I'm going to Toronto at 19 years old all by myself and I remember the moment at the airport when she was leaving home for the first mm-hmm. time truly and uh and and going up to her for for a you know a goodbye hug mm-hmm. and and saying I hope that I've taught you something that you can take into the world, you know, that's going to make a difference in your, in your life. And, and uh, I, I mean, and who knows whether that's happened or not, because she was so independent in her, in her mm-hmm. path, but, but, but she's, she has many qualities that I appreciate in myself. You know, the, the main one being trusting myself implicitly that mm-hmm. I can make, make things happen. You know that that I, that I can be true to my to my spirit. That I can create something that is going to go into the world, you know, mm-hmm. in in an honest, direct, and and hopefully positive way. But uh, but it's it's tough, you know. Be, yeah. right, it, really trying to get that deep into the spirit of your children, and and making sure, which is impossible, that they have whatever skills they need to, Mm -hmm. to, to make, to make that step into their own lives. Well, and I think a big part of that is honoring who they are, not who you think they should be or who Mm -hmm. you want them to be. And, and that's kind of what I mean about the ensuring for the future is it's really based on honoring them and listening to them and um, being open to communication and just accepting them and being the kind of parent who no matter what happens, they're just there to help them work it out if they want our help. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Because we're not always invited. Yeah, and yeah. I do agree with you. There is a transition that needs to happen. And it's it's hard. It'll break your heart. It will break your heart to transition. Yeah, yeah. But you, yeah. you go from teacher, parent, guide to mentor. And, you know, I, yeah. I do have to, I do have to sometimes bear witness to your pain and that's hard for me to do. And I know you need to learn those lessons. I can't protect you from that. Right. Yeah. No, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so I hear what you're saying and I, and um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's, I really do. Like I, I, I know that my goal is with my two boys that, you know, when they're older, that we are there for them and we're an easier relationship. I wouldn't say easy. It won't always be easy, but that we have a really strong relationship. That's yeah. um, that's, what's the most important to me. Yeah. And, um, and so you do talk about parenting a lot and you do talk about the family unit. And so what, what do you see as opportunities for this generation of kids? Because you've seen many generations of kids come and go and come and grow. I should say not come and go. Um, My generation being one of them. So what, what do you see now? And what do you, what is your message for parents now? Yeah, message. What what message can I possibly pass on? I mean, the the most important thing is is to pay attention, to mm. to be to be present for your children in in the things that they're going through. Uh, as you said, you know, you are a guide. Mm. You are you are there to 
to to listen most most importantly mm-hmm. you know not you, you're not going to be able to fix everything yeah and that's that's that has certainly been a a lifelong uh, i was going to say problem but it maybe uh because i i'm the i'm the kind of guy who who thinks oh i i can fix that i can fix that yeah that's not a problem sure we'll we'll do this we'll do that and it'll be fi- it'll be fixed but but you can't you can't do that mm. fixing is not is not part of it it's i i hear what you're saying you know if the child comes with a problem okay i i hear what you're saying what do you feel about this mm. you know what what is your experience so giving it over to them all, always so that they can experience that within their own being if you take that away from them, if you say don't worry about that i'll fix it then they say, "Oh, great! That I don't need to do anything." Right. You know, then it's it it's it's really it's really very critical that children find some autonomy, that they find values in their in their own experience that allows them to become stronger people. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that's that's the point: is you want a human, another human, to come into this world who who does have sensitivity who is is a a, a caring mother a caring father uh, a person who is open to others in the world mm-hmm. just being you know and 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 i mean so many of the songs that i that i have written over the years uh, you know the titles coming to my mind are are like uh, proud mm. you know you've got to be proud of the people around you proud of the things that you do uh humility as i was saying uh courage on the latest album it's these these really essential values in life how you present them and how you hope that they are integrated into the child's life is is really beyond your control mm. uh so all all you can do is essentially be the best person that you are like I, I try to be the best person that I can be because if I'm there, then what comes out is is hopefully more honest and and direct and positive for your child. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you you heal, heal thyself first yes. before oh, you, so um, true. you know, yeah. And I, I and I've been I, I've been in, in in therapy for for many years. I'm I'm on my second marriage here. My my wife and I were were together for more the mother of my children mm. for 30, 30 years and, and things, you know, just crumbled sadly. Mm. And, uh, and, and we just lost any, any real point of contact and, and divorce was the, well, logical or illogical path. So I've, I've been in another relationship for 11 years now. We, you know, we, we married five years ago so I'm I'm getting on with my life, but but a, a huge part of my journey now has been uh, therapy. Wow. It's encouraged when you when you when you do divorce yeah. that the, the the courts sort of say you know get a therapist you know figure out what's going on <laughs> you know and and so I've and I've relished in that my my uh, my wife uh, now her name is Ray Ellen and uh, and she she is a, a great proponent. For that she works with actors uh she's an actor herself does uh, a director mm-hmm. so she is all about l- bringing that kind of clarity to her to her students you know mm-hmm. about who who are you and what are you thinking what are you feeling and and being there for them which is you know i i'm benefiting from that kind of clarity in relationship so so the therapeutic thing has been really critical for me mm-hmm. i've understood where I've come from, the things, the mistakes that I made along the way. And I, I, I feel even at, at this point of septuagenarianism, <laughs> that in fact is a word, I'm, I'm, I'm learning more about myself all the time. And that's, wow. and you never stop learning. That's, mm. that's the thing. And, and I think for parents, you, you never have the answers, but, but just be open Mm-hmm. to the questions and, and be open to your children. Yeah. I, I really want to say thank you for your honesty about that. I think that's, that's really important that we do shine a light that 
you know, we all need a little bit of help that we're not perfect and that that doesn't really exist. And so thank you for sharing that, that, you know, oh, there, yeah. there have been ups and downs. You, you, you know, in my opinion, um, my perception, I should say more is, you know, my goodness, he's one of the most emotionally intelligent men there are. How could that be? You know, so to know that somebody uh, as wise as you also says, no, I need to, I need to look at myself. I, I need a, a little bit of help and support to understand why I do what I do. And, and, you know, you said he, heal thyself. And, and I think that is just yeah. so true. That's what I had to do to be, to be a mom who could be the best mom I could be to my boys yeah. is I really had to heal my own pain and my own sure. struggles, my triggers. And that wasn't anybody's fault. That was just what happened to me. And everybody has different ones. And I, I want to echo what you said about, you know, um, about how, you know, our kids don't do what we say, they do what we do. And so when we model what we want them to be, there's a greater chance they're going to be that way. The kind, compassionate, empathetic person, you know, really the best way to impart that is to be that, right? So sure. I just want to echo what you just said. Uh, and whenever I ask parents, okay, I have sort of a form that, that they go through, you know, what, what do you want your child to be like when they're older, when they're an adult? And they'll list things and I'll say, okay, well, that's exactly what you need to be. That's what you need to show yeah, them how to yeah. be, right? So it's that's powerful. Pretty, right, yeah. Being being the, again, the, the best person that you can be uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, the, the kids will see that. How, how do you How do you handle anger in, you know, in the course of a right. day, there's things that throw everybody off. You know, you, you, you get, you get lost, you get confused, you get upset about, about one thing or another. Um, and, and for, for a child to see, I, I remember something that I would do with, with, with the kids uh, when, when they, when they did something that I, that I just didn't understand or, or, you know, that, that was where, where they, they got uh, angry with each other or hurt each other, you know, physically and emotionally sometimes. You know, we, we would sit down, I would say, what, 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 what happened here? You know, or, or if particularly if I got upset with them mm. about whatever thing, it, it, I would feel terrible. You know, parents, you don't want yeah. to get up with your kids. No. So I, 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 would, I would pull them aside and say, I am sorry. I'm mm -hmm. really sorry for what happened. You know, I'm sorry that I got upset with you. Uh, I, 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 you know, I'll try not to do that in the future, but here's, here's what happened. I love you unconditionally. And I didn't really appreciate what you did yeah. to, to cause that. So they, and, and, and much of, you know, or part of that came from working with with kids uh, resident in treatment centers in Winnipeg, uh, physically, mentally challenged kids, you know, autistic, schizophrenic, psychotic, mm -hmm. uh, behavior problem kids. I, I mean, I, 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 I wasn't suited for, for working in, in a, uh, a structured environment like that with those kids, but I did learn, mm -hmm. you know, some, some lessons along the way. And uh, particularly, this may be often a bit of a tangent, but how, so many of these these kids, uh, this one school, Knoll School for Boys in Winnipeg, broken families. Yeah. The, these kids were had been told by their their caregiver, by their parent, whoever, that they were the cause of the problems that they were going through. Oh, geez. You know, so so you take that in, and then you start to feel you believe it, mm -hmm. and if you believe that you are essentially a bad person mm -hmm. making all this pain in this world, then why not do more bad things to fortify that attitude? You know, I'm, I'm not a good person. I'm going to hurt somebody. See, I'm not a bad person or see, I am a bad person. So you're, yeah. you, you, that becomes their, their, their not mantra, but their attitude about self image. And then they just perpetuate that until at some point, it either either hits critical a critical level where where they uh, cross that line mm -hmm. and and are 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 physically uh, destroyed and mm -hmm. and end up in an in institution or or if someone along the way 
come, comes and says, I, I, I see your pain. I hear oh. your pain. I feel, I feel you. I, and I, and I will do anything in my power to, to help you, you know, deal with what you're going through. So it's being aware of where those things are, are happening and being open to understanding and accepting and responding mm -hmm. in, in as positive ways you possibly can, you know? Mm -hmm. oh, it, you know, I mean, it just, it just brings it all back to how important raising our kids is and also understanding the way the brain works. I mean, I love talking about the brain and how our kids at this young age, they, they are egocentric. And so when we say you did something bad, they hear I'm bad. And yeah. that starts to form the thoughts in their head, the record that plays over and over again. And if they're told they're bad, then they feel unworthy and they feel like, well, I don't matter. So what does it matter what I do? I, you know, but they still have basic human needs like attention, affection, connection, but they go about doing it all the wrong ways because they don't know how. And, you know, as parents, if we're able to meet them where they are, you know, that is no matter what kinds of kids we have, I don't have easy kids myself. I have one of each. I've got a typical kid and I've got a non-typical child who's, who came out, you know, mad. He, you know, he, he came out challenging me from the beginning and it was my invitation to look at myself and say, okay, whoa, this is not who I want to be because I'm really angry all the time. And I thought I would leave my family. I thought I might leave the planet. It was a really dark time for me, a really bad time okay. for me. And, you know, um, and these poor kids, you know, they need to be heard. They need to be recognized uh, because what we don't, what we need to realize as parents is that we are writing on who they are and the thoughts that they have in their heads. And again, with the brain, our brain has confirmation bias, right? So you tell me this, my brain's gonna go in search of proving it to be true. See all the ways that I'm bad, see all the ways that I'm horrible. Exactly. Instead of see all the ways that I'm valuable, see all the ways that people um, are drawn to me or see all the ways that I can be kind. Look at how I make people happy. I mean, there are things that we can do to write on the slate of who our children are in, in a, in a, in a authentic way as well. So um, I think it is important to see those kids and to be that person to actually hear them and see them and recognize that they matter because yeah. boy, does it ever destroy your life if you don't think you matter and you're not worthy. Yeah. You know, it leads to so many behaviors that are disempowering, that are dangerous, could hurt others and ultimately hurt yourself. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. The, um, I, you know, I often talk about personality and and the fact that personality is formed really in the first five six years of life yeah. and also the, so the, the person you are at that point is essentially who you're going to be right. you know uh, therapy notwithstanding yeah you know uh, but, but you're so so those those opening years are are really are really vital obviously to the child i'm 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 finding it interesting, you know, with this COVID time, how mm -hmm. so many kids have been at home, you know, doing, doing virtual learning mm -hmm. and that, but becoming home bodies, mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be back. My, my son and his wife, they have three boys and uh, the eldest, the eldest boy, he's eight now. And, uh, and, and he's, uh, he, he's doing really well but he misses being home, mm -hmm. you know, when he's at school, he, he, he's get, he gets homesick. I mean, it's only a day, you know, he'll be picked up at four o'clock, but, but he's, he's feeling that. And, and, and the younger, the younger boys, you know, who are, are, you know, two and four are, are, I, I don't know what, what their perspectives are going to be as they get older, but, but they, they are going to be really, they're, they're beautiful, beautiful children. Mm -hmm. And they're, and they're very supportive of, of each other. And maybe that's part of it because they've been living, you know, uh, that experience and over the mm -hmm. last, last couple of years where this person, I, I, those years, these last couple of years have given me an opportunity 
to establish a relationship with Raelle and my wife mm. on a level that I've never experienced with another human being. Wow. Because I've never spent two years essentially sequestered with, with anybody. You know, I've, I've, I've been, I was on the road for, for as in my adult life from, uh, from 1972, 1973, when my, mm-hmm. my father, my father died and my sister who was born mm-hmm. with Down syndrome, Susie, she died a year before my dad. And so I was faced with, with my mortality at a, at a critical time of my, of my personal development, my mm-hmm. life. And so I, I moved to the bliss that I felt about making music. Mm. And, and, and that meant being on the road that meant going from one place to another, playing in a bar or a lounge or, or a theater, wherever it was. So I feel in my, in my being that I've been on the road since 1972, Wow, which is, that's 50 years. Wow. Yeah. And so to to spend those two years at home, holy cow, that must have been. And and so how that ultimately is going to affect this next generation. Yeah. I think is really interesting. I, I, I think kids, kids now with the, you know, as much as I am tied with the technology, you know, I, I, I play the games. I'm, I'm a big wordle of the day guy. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and, and my, my contact is through email and, yeah. you know, and, uh, and occasionally the other, other things I'm, I'm not much on Facebook, but I'm aware of all of the platforms and I try and, use those to my advantage along the way for advertising shows coming up you know that kind of thing but kids who are doing that when they're you know in in their first six six eight years of life Mm. are learning something else that may or may not be detrimental to their ability to have a conversation with another human being face to face yeah i think we're all worried about that I think yeah, we're all exactly. Yeah, that, that's not that's not a that's not a new concept, but it's, no. it's a very real concept. Yeah, and we don't know. We're all nomads, you know. We're digital nomads. Yeah. We are the, you know. I think I think I would say people my age uh, are the ones who first got the iPhones and had kids at the same time, and so you know. And now it's a regular thing to see a baby in a in a stroller with a with an iPhone, you know. And uh, I always tell parents like, wait as long as humanly possible to give your child one of those devices because once you do, it'll be almost impossible to get it out of their hands and. Uh, and and it, it it actually adds more to your plate as a parent. It adds way more um, because you are up against platforms that don't necessarily, well, we know, don't have your best interest at heart. So yeah. that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. yeah, that that's really dangerous. So um, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It's I, tough. I, and, and and I think for 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 parents who, I mean, we all are trapped in this thing. And, and I think uh, I think the name of your book is The Digital Nomad. Uh, <laughs> if you write a book or is, or does that exist already? No, um, actually there there is a book called The Digital Nomad. My book is called The Yelling Cure, <laughs> which, is, which is all about me being an angry mom. But um, oh, yes, okay. The Digital Nomad, um, uh, is is a book and uh, and is an important book to read definitely because we mm. do have to yeah. um, understand the way the brain works. Again, it's about the brain, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, and oh, we're finding yeah. that the prefrontal cortex, which is the last part of the brain to grow, is actually yeah. growing with some missing parts. So we need to Ooh. because of screen time. Um, yeah. I I interviewed a, a a psychiatrist. Her name is Dr. Shumi Kang, and she wrote. Um, the tech solution and she's an addiction specialist and she was noticing it with her own kids. Uh, So I'll I'll put a, I'll put a a little link to that episode in our show notes here for you and I, just so people can have a look at that because um, she doesn't just tell you what the problem is. She also tells you what the solution is. And so that's really empowering as a parent to have smart people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's also from Vancouver. So you gotta love, uh, gotta love uh, us uh, Canadians uh, blazing a trail here. (laughs) It's great. Um, Okay. But I want to talk to you if we can sort of transition to your music, because that is what people mostly love you for. And I want to know um, what inspires your music. It, uh, 
I, I have a really good musical memory. Okay. So when, when I was growing up, my my parents were into the in, into the swing music of the forties. The you know the, the Benny right. Goodman, uh, the Dorsey Brothers, that that stuff. And they were also very much into classical music, opera mm. and orchestral sound. Mm. Um, and then my older, I have an older brother and sister, a nine and 10 years older. And, uh, mm. and, and when I was growing up, they were, you know, the music of the fifties was there. So the early boy bands and, and Elvis, et cetera. So I, I had a really wonderful range of mm. music to, uh, to absorb. Um, and when I, I didn't start really writing music until my late teens, I started playing guitar when I was 15. I played uh, my, my sister, my older sister taught me some piano. My mm-hmm. sister-in-law taught me some accordion style stuff on about an upright accordion. Mm-hmm. Uh, play like a keyboard has buttons on one side. And then, so I started learning how these fingers can push buttons and make chords that make sounds that that have an emotion connected to them you know so i i Mm. i took all of that in and and eventually when i started writing my own music it was usually nine nine times out of ten it would be lyric first and then the music would follow so i i was more the poet trying to create those those lyrics Mm. songs themselves were uh, always trying to find something that had a deeper meaning to me. Um, if um, as if a song, if I, if I had a topic for a song that, that I wanted to, to explore, I would, I would go back to my childhood. I would, I would try and make, make my, I would clear my brain as much as possible and go to, to that vulnerable time. Because in, in order to be creative, you, mu- you must be vulnerable. Mm. And vulnerability can be a challenging thing because then you are open to things that can challenge you and throw you off balance. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- there's a whole thing between you know, creativity and vulnerability. But I would, and I still do this, I think back to where that core emotion may have started, what feeling I may have had uh, going, going back there and, and what kinds of direction I want a story to follow. You know, it, it's, it's, um, it's not always, it's, I mean, there, there are some songs that are, that are fun, they're, they're more open, but, mm. but inevitably, I go into another, another dimension of them. I'm mm. thinking of a song I, I wrote years ago called Collections, mm-hmm. which is a universal topic. That, that's, mm. that's often a key that I try and follow in, in my music. So the, the universal topic of collections, everybody collects stuff. So yes. what, where does it start? It goes back to rocks, shells, bottle caps, a ball of foil or string. Didn't cost a penny, but I felt just like a king. So there, there's the beginning. The second level is now I'm bigger and I'm older and I've learned to really look for treasures from around the world. I keep them in a book, stamps and coins and stickers, a story, poem and song. Open my imagination to thoughts that make me strong. Oh, so, you know, so it goes from from a very, very simple thing to emotional to another mm-hmm. level. And then the third verse is, I can't show you the collection that means the most to me mm. because it's hidden deep inside. You know, it's the thoughts and the feelings mm. that you have. So it's that, that path of going from, from there to there to there. Mm. And, and I, I go there often in, in many of my songs, trying to, uh, trying to have a good melody, a good chorus, a good bridge, whatever that, that is fun to play, that's invigorating mm. For me, musically, but when you listen to the lyric, it fortifies that core element of what what the thing really is all about. Mm-hmm. And and so so my music, everything as I think about it, most everything I've done goes back goes back to that creating Fred Penner's place yeah. went back to that, you yeah. know, to my my childhood. The idea for, for the log 
went went back to childhood. It's uh, for whatever reason that's what I needed to do for my mm-hmm. creative process. Wow, that is really that is really cool. And now I'm going to listen to all of that music again <laughs> in a different way. But that's why you resonate not just with kids; you resonate with adults as well. I mean, your music is something that you can listen into the you can listen to in the car with your kids and also get some fun out of and enjoyment out of. So that's what I love about what you do. So I have a, I have a two part question. I want to know what. And maybe, maybe this is, this is too hard. What is your favorite song? And what is your song most liked by your fans? I have an idea about the second one, but I want to know what your favorite song is. And then what is like the one that you is most requested or that they get the most excited about? Yeah, my, I, I have such, such delight in so many of the songs that I've, I've written on the way uh, along the mm-hmm. way. Be, because of that reason, you know, I, I'll every once in a while I'll I'll uh, I'll sing a song that I haven't done for a while, and and I'll listen and it'll catch me by surprise. Wow, that's a good song. That's, <laughs> that's I like that song, and and I never tire of of doing any particular song that that the that that an audience requests. You know, I I I enjoy the performing. I, I enjoy offering that to the audience. Um, so I, I don't know if I have any, but, well, no, they, let, let me rephrase that. There's, there's one song that I wrote that is, is musically quite complex because I, I appreciate my ability to, to get into uh, a, a deeper chord structure. That's always been important to me, mm. just so I, so I feel like I'm, I'm, mm. I'm learning. And I wrote a song in Los Angeles. Uh, maybe it was there when we were doing the Universal Amphitheater. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but but I was in in a in a hotel, and I don't remember where the where the inspiration came from, but but it's called "She's a Baby," mm-hmm. and and it uh, and I wrote it well, like within within an hour. I just sat down, and it all. It all sort of flowed out and it just felt like a perfect little gem in so many ways. But but I I, I love that song. Uh, the songs that the audience, you know, in, inevitably asks for, demands perhaps, demands. Are, are, and, and the number one is Cat Came Back, the number yes. two is Sandwiches. Sandwiches, yes. Neither, neither of which I, I wrote. Which is which is fine. Really, how funny! Yeah. But I mean, everybody knows you for the cat came back. At oh, least, yeah. I, right? I, I I found that in an old folk song book, in in the in the seventies, and I, I adapted it. I you know I've I've played it in every concert, you know, for the last fifty years almost. It um, it it was a really fascinating song to find, and it's and it it's been a delight to write new verses for it. It was written in the mm. 1890s, way back. Wow. And it, it's got a, it's got such a magical quality to it. And it it is um, inspiring to 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 kids, I think, in in a in a way that and, and I and I don't know whether philosophically this makes any sense at all, but if you identify with the cat in in this song, no matter what happens to the cat, it always comes back. So if the child is listening to this and mm-hmm. hears all these dastardly things that, that can happen yeah. and still they come back, then maybe the child feels a little bit of that, that possibility. I, I don't know. That, that's, that's an outside thought. And mm-hmm. Sandwiches was written by a dear friend, Bob King. We were in a band in the 70s together. And, and I've popularized both those songs to my, to my delight and benefit. Oh, well, they, they are among a, a huge library of songs that you have that are loved again by young and old. And, um, I, I have to say, I was, I watched your, your video, um, with the song, somebody believes, which is for world vision. And that's a really beautiful song, really beautiful song. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah. That, uh, that was a pretty fascinating journey that one yeah. and again the the trust in self 
came came through on that mm. one. Uh, my son and I had been in Africa in the you know uh, in the early early aughts, and um, <clears throat> and I, I did a did a program for World Vision called mm. What a Day, encouraging you know uh, uh, encouraging the sponsorship of children from the third world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and years later, I was at an event in, uh, in, in Surrey in support of people who had sponsored children. Okay. So it, it was just a thanks, thanks for your, for, for your commitment. And, uh, and at this event, there was a, a young man, Edgardo was his name mm-hmm. from uh, the Philippines. And he was talking about how world vision had, had come to the Philippines and basically rescued him and his siblings from their their life of poverty. Wow! And uh, and in the course of his presentation, he he said somebody believed in, in me, mm-hmm. and that gave me the strength to, you know, to do that. And so I thought, well, boy, I always on the lookout for a good song title. Oh, yeah. You know, somebody believes. And uh, and so I went I, again. I've written more songs in hotel rooms. I went back to my hotel room and uh, and sat down and and I had the song in you know a couple of hours, and then I taught it to some of the other staff and we we sang it on stage, you know at, at an event the next night, and then it eventually you know moved into actually being recorded and uh, mm. and it's out there you know for the world to see. But it was it was a, a very powerful and important idea and concept. Mm. We all need someone to uh, to 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 give us that that physical or virtual pat on the back yeah. and, and say, I, I believe in you. I you're gonna be okay. Oh. You know, do do what you have to do in this life, but but there are people who who are there to always be with you. And we oh. need that. We need that critically. We do. we do. What a what a great message and so true for all of us, right? As humans, we do need that encouragement, that acknowledgement, and and that is very true. And you can see that video. Please have a look at the video. It's really beautiful at fredpenner.com where you have all of your information, including your tour dates, which you are going to be uh, in my neck of the woods uh, next weekend. So um, on the 27th and then May 30th to June 4th, Fifth, you're going to be at the Vancouver Children's Festival, which is a grand affair. Yeah. It at, is at Granville uh, Island, folks. Yeah. Y- yes. Gr- yeah. And, gr- and in Granville, yeah, Granville Island ish area. Is it in uh, Granville Island? Yeah. I thought it was uh, uh, at the the park beside. Well, well it's, it's all it's all on on the island. I mean, there, there's there's uh, there's some tents set up on yeah. in the arts club space. There's, okay. You know, there's other other areas that they use, but it's every theater on, on the island has some event to it. There's lots of outdoor things as well, but it, but yeah, great. It's on Granville Island. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, for, for those of you who don't know what Granville Island is, it is the coolest place. It is this artsy market slash, you know, it's brilliant. It's it's just the most wonderful magical place. Um, I grew up going there. You know, on the weekends we'd get groceries from there. I just I love Granville Island, and so you will also be in Winnipeg. You're going to be in Victoria, and then you're going to be in Kenora, Ontario, and the list goes on as you add dates. Um, and I just want to say that. I am better for having met you and talked to you. Um, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for your time today. And I will ask you one last question. Um, What is one message that you would like to impart my listeners with, whether it's on parenting, on your music, anything that you want to say, we'd love to hear it. Uh, And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's (laughs) and and I I have it in, in my brain and I've, and I've, quoted it many times actually they, 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 there's two i'm gonna gonna pitch to you and okay. they're, they're basically the same but in a different direction one is called a hundred years and it's a hundred years from now it won't matter what kind of a house you lived in what kind of a car you drove how much money you had in the bank but the world is a better place because you made a difference in the life of a child oh right and the other one is never underestimate your ability to make a difference in the life of a child. 
So mm. they're they're clearly connected. But we we are the as you said we are the guides. We are the well, guides is the right word. Uh, we we it is so critical that we as human beings as adults give the children around us the the love and respect and courage to to face this world in an honest and open understanding compassionate tolerant way mm -hmm. you know when when i when i hear about the bullying and the hate crimes and all of that it's those were those are children those were children who mm -hmm. learned that from their the people around them mm -hmm. they learned that from their family they learned that from from that crazy uncle who knows you're the only the only way this world is going to survive is is if we bring strong children into this into this planet who really have values that that are not just egocentric mm -hmm. and based on material items mm. that is really beautiful and i want to tie it right back to what you started out saying is to pay attention because mm. paying attention to your kids if there is mental illness is if there is distress you know that is also important too because sometimes okay. that is the cause of this too and so paying attention, doing the best you can. And, and yeah. if you need help, there are people that can help you with your parenting. That's what I do every day. And yeah. I would be happy to help you with yours. And I just want to say thank you again. It truly is my honor. Thank you, Fred Penner, for being here. Um, this has just been a delight for me. And oh, to talk to you and thank share you. with you has been wonderful. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me as your 150th guest. Whoopie. Yes, and hear the music album, Lucky number 13 you make sure you look for that everywhere and fredpenner.com of course is where they can find you thank you robin be well thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast parenting our future i'm parent coach robin mcmahon and if you're enjoying this podcast please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message and don't forget to subscribe and if you like my work i'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating for those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.